0: That's my way of so, saying
1: the show's not going to have an intro.
0: <laughs> so,
2: guys,
1: yes, are
2: you speaking to me and Tom? I'm, I'm Justin, speaking to by the the way. both of you, uh, that Frank, right? Frank. Yeah. Frank. Wait, we were on the we had the podcast Plaid lads, didn't we? Yeah, we had that podcast that was
0: about Fraser and whatever the hell else we wanted what? to talk about at the time.
2: Oh, and that, Sorry. I as I recall, that didn't seem to go very well. Now, do we? <laughs> Maybe something more focused. I don't know what's coming up uh, in like a, almost a week. Hmm. Well, there's there was a show that I think
0: meant a lot to all three of us. Yeah. Uh, called Star Trek: The Next Generation. I remember. Starring. Oh. Yeah, and it was starring yeah. Sir Patrick Stewart. You know, the bald guy from the X Men movies. Oh yeah, Professor X. Yeah, he played. The captain of the Enterprise on this show called Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I recognize
2: that name. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in so long. Oh, <laughs> I wonder what he's been up to. Well, this Thursday, January
0: 23rd on CBS All Access, we're going to find out because there's a show coming out
2: called Star Trek Picard. We should start a podcast about that. You know I agree.
1: Ha ha! Ha, Engage! engage. So I think Star Trek meant a lot to us. All of us. Uh, Yes. Now, I grew up with TNG, and Mm. to a lesser extent... Voyager and Deep Space Nine more so Voyager uh, my brother who's older than me by about like seven years was old enough to be like watching these shows contemporaneously I was a bit young but they were always on and of course like you can't like not watch TNG reruns they're constantly on and uh, I kind of rediscovered my true deep love of this show maybe in like my early 20s it got me through some tough times it's a beautiful show uh unlike just about every other sci-fi franchise, especially like a serialized one on television, um, it was uh, very, in a way, kind of utopic in as far as like humanity's fate. You know, it's a world where we find plentiful, abundant energy, and we we eliminate war and want and poverty, and we use our newfound ability to to explore the broader galaxy and meet aliens and have fun and. Just make life better for everybody. And I think that's beautiful. And uh, TNG and uh, the antics of one Jean-Luc Picard really, uh, uh, you know, embodied that very strongly. So I, I'm I'm excited. So uh, my sort of Star
0: Trek bona fides, uh, like probably most people, starts at childhood. Uh, TNG was always on the air in like the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, it ended in what ninety six, I believe that's right, um, or thereabouts ninety four maybe.
1: Uh, I want to say I'm going to say ninety four. I think there's a weird symmetry okay. between the end of TNG and the beginning of Fraser, so I think it is ninety four.
0: Okay, yeah. So, but so I was a little young by the time it ended to have been watching it contemporaneously, but I was it was like always on TV uh, alongside uh, the original series TOS. That was kind of always on TV too. So I would kind of, as a kid, go back and forth between the two, and I would, like, see Voyager and Deep Space Nine on, I think it was UPN. Yep, yep, UPN. They were on at that point, and so I would see, like, bits and pieces of those shows, too, but I never really watched them the same way until I became an adult. Um, and then I uh, sort of recircled back to TNG in my 20s. I a uh, little later than you, Tom, probably. Um, it was a little bit after college that I decided to do a full rewatch of TNG uh, one year. And I was like, oh, I love the show for like one reason when I was a kid and I love it more and for uh, sort of a uh, more personal reason as an adult, because it's this show that has a great cast. It's a great ensemble show. Uh, and it's got this amazing lead performance from Patrick Stewart, who does a lot with the character and delves very deeply into a character that in the beginning he wanted nothing to do with because he was a great stage actor uh, who thought that the show was beneath him. Uh, And then as the show went on and Gene Roddenberry eventually fucking bit it and died uh, and other people took over the show, he sort of found more to dig into and uh, became as much a part of the character as anything that the writers were giving him. Uh, So it became a deep love of of his as well. And you can sense that as the show goes on. And that's something I think you get more as an adult because you see some of the personal touches he's putting, like his love of Shakespeare uh, and sort of humanism into the character that maybe was a little not as there in the beginning. In the beginning of the show, they make him like a weird mystery novel lover.
1: Yeah. And then yeah, later his only personal characteristic that he was really into hardboiled detective novels. Uh Yes. Justin what are what are your uh what's what's on your CV for ST TNG? Well, I
2: came to Star Trek the Next Generation uh, kind of late. Um so I have no uh, personal baggage with it. You used to make fun of me. Oh yes. Pretty hard for liking Star Trek. I do not regret it and I do not disagree with my past self. However, I am uh. <laughs> ashamed to admit that I have grown to deeply love this show. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, uh, we bullied. So for context, we bullied you extensively <laughs> until you started watching it like two years ago, I guess. Th-
2: possibly three years ago. Um, it took me a while. Um, now, now, here's the thing about it, though. At first, I, uh, I uh, 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 loved it uh, for how goofy and uh, dumb it was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but cuz it is that. It it is oh, that. Oh man, I was just watching some season 1, the one where with the, the parasite <laughs> aliens and uh there's literally the line uh an alien <sighs> says to Picard, "We want peaceful coexistence." And Picard furrows his brows and phaser's his skull and it explodes. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it, here's the thing about it that is that is uh
2: uh so beautiful is that it it comes from a time in uh science fiction um, when it wasn't taken seriously, when yes. science fiction was for kids and dweebs and nerds and, and, and goofers, um, and, and it was, uh, you can, you can see that in, in how goofy the show was, but what was wonderful about star about Star Trek in general, as I'm coming to, uh, understand is that Star Trek leads the way, uh, for, for science fiction in so many ways. Um, while never, uh, attempting to transcend the genre, you know what I mean? So it always was, uh, next generation always was goofy and I, I have a deep love for it for that, but then it also tried to say things and then you cast people like Patrick Stewart who. Who elevates uh, the show beyond, you know, what it could have been. And that's why I'm um, excited to see what happens in uh, Star Trek Picard because it is carrying on that story, that character from that beautiful, goofy fucking show, (laughs) you know, into this new era of science fiction um mm. which ha- so much of it has been defined by JJ Abrams uh, with the mm. Star Trek reboots with the Star Wars reboot um i mean i'm not saying necessarily there's anything wrong with that but it's it'll be very interesting to see this beautiful pure character from this goofy optimistic time uh in sci-fi uh transposed into this modern uh, pre dystopian, uh, um, <laughs> science fiction.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so Justin, you made a good point is that when this show was originally, or well, next generation rather originally aired in 1987, it was back when, you know, sci-fi was the stuff of conventions. It was for mm-hmm. goofball nerds. That was probably, I think that was the same year that William Shatner, had that hilarious sketch on SNL where he says, he goes to a star Trek convention and says, get a life. You, you people took a, uh, three season lark of one point of my career and you turned it into a hugely pointless waste of time. It's great. It's a great sketch. I believe that was that same year. So like, that was the general feeling about star Trek in particular in sci-fi in general, And I think, Justin, I think you probably agree with me. We now live in an era where like sci-fi and nerd stuff is arguably taken too seriously. Yeah. By the culture and the industry at large. Yes. So this show now has to exist in that, in this era Mm -hmm. where everything sort of has to be fraught with meaning and have weight. And in particular, like, almost be responding to whatever moment that we're in currently. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an interesting spot
1: for this character in particular to be. So uh, one of the things I'm really um, uh, excited slash nervous slash curious about is how on TNG and very much original series... Um, less so the other two, they were more kind of, uh, linear narrative driven, um, Deep Space Nine and Voyager, but, uh, TNG very much was sort of, uh, kind of like an allegorical sandbox for lots of established sci-fi tropes. So there's the Dyson Sphere episode, there's the, uh, Eugenics yeah. episode, there's the, um, uh, Amazonian uh, space matriarchy episode, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, one of the reasons the show succeeded with its kind of like uh, 90, or late 80s, 90s, like pastel color palette, uh, nothing too grave, nothing too serious, was in a lot of ways the, the main cast were kind of these allegorical non people. Who sort of fulfilled roles and sort of the bit characters who were sort of the peripheral characters of what of whatever challenge they had, usually an alien or a special scientist or something. They were more sort of character characters that would uh, 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 have an arc that would be fulfilled, and and everything was the uh, the main bridge crew were like Teflon, and they had characteristics, but they kind of those characteristics also f- fed into those allegorical roles, uh, and we never too much, we did, and I'm sure we're about to talk about it, with sort of certain episodes, we never really got a sense of, like, the actual personalities of these people. Uh, and now, with this new show, it's only about, well, presumably, only about the man, Picard, who we only got tantalizingly small glimpses of outside of his captain role, uh diplomat, philosopher role. Uh, and yeah, I'll be really curious to see how they make the transition from sort of, like, episodic, almost like the Twilight Zone with the same people every week, to uh, a linear plot thing. And, frankly, I'm a little nervous, but I've heard a lot of reassuring stuff. Like, Patrick Stewart is very involved in the writing. They've brought on uh, a really acclaimed writing crew. Uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. Jonathan Frakes is involved, which... Um, I mean he did direct nemesis so that makes me a little nervous but also but he <laughs> first
2: contact and a lot of great
1: TNG episodes, episodes. yeah and he he, he did he yeah a lot of true he, and canonical legitimacy i want to say mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah i'm i'm excited because i fucking love jean-luc picard i've been watching all the heavy episodes and getting misty-eyed and filling with glee and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a butt ton of fan service in the first few episodes to make it feel good. I,
2: I I hate fan service. I like like good art. I would be completely fine if this was just um <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I seven mean 7 hours of him ordering uh, Earl Grey tea hot. <laughs>
0: hot. There's there is I think room for a little bit of fan service in every sort of genre project because mm. it's like it's a Star Trek show. It's not above yeah, doing a little bit of that. Um, but one of the guy who is do- acting as showrunner for the first season and just the first season is um, acclaimed American novelist Michael Chabon. The guy who wrote The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, The Yiddish Policeman's Union, uh, Telegraph Avenue, uh, and I believe Wonder Boys. Um, he's a very famous and well-regarded novelist who dabbles in screenwriting, and he is a huge Star Trek fan, in particular TNG, and they gave him this season of the show to commandeer. So I'm, I think, not as worried about the structure of the show being one long plot, because it is in the hands of a, a guy who is both a novelist, so you kind
1: of understand story structure, and a huge Star Trek fan. Fucking uh, uh Trekkie, trekkers are um, however you conjugate it. I th- I think treky is informal and checker trekker is formal, like uh, like in yeah. Spanish and French and things. Uh, uh, I'm getting uh, <laughs> angry. I'm getting nerd angry. Trekkie,
0: Justin, you would love the documentary Trekkies. Yeah, it is uh one of the best documents of like cringe <laughs> nerd. <laughs>
1: saw a fantastic documentary uh, about, it might be this one, uh, it was about Gene Roddenberry's son Oh. and how he was actually he had a tumultuous and a strange relationship with his father and thus never really understood Star Trek never really cared to watch it. It was just the thing that kept his father away when he was growing uh, growing up and it's about him discovering the show and meeting Trekkies and watching the show and realizing that It's actually this beautiful utopian vision and that it means so much to so many people. And it was a way for him to sort of posthumously sort of reconcile his distant father. Uh, It's a beautiful I I don't know the title. I'll have to look it up and
0: put it in. I'm going to look that up. That sounds very interesting.
1: Uh, and there is also,
0: if you guys want to track it down, one last Star Trek documentary worth watching. Uh, if you want to see William Shatner uh, jerk himself off, uh, it's called Star Trek: The Captain's. It is directed by William Shatner. Oh, I've and, seen this. Uh,
1: I've seen this. Kate Milgru. What is her deal? She she yeah. matches his energy beat for beat in terms of like being way too into being a Star Trek captain.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular. They even interviewed the least captive of them all, Scott Bakula.
1: Oh yeah, baby!
0: <laughs> uh, if this podcast doesn't
1: work out, we should do a quantum leap podcast. <laughs> oh my god, yes, please! Then a MacGyver podcast. You guys are missing yeah. MacGyver was great.
2: Now the thing though that that gives me like I'm I'm not worried about the show is because they stumbled into the perfect character that can bridge the gap between that goofy nineties, eighties aesthetic and this super serious modern thing when they lucked out and cast fucking, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart. Um, one of our finest actors, one of our finest actors. I mean, and we've, we've seen, we've seen this transition already done before with his professor X character, uh, between the X Men yeah, movies yeah, yeah. and Logan. Mm-hmm. So I Where mean, they
0: decided to make a real movie. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. And what a movie it was. Well, I think, I, yeah. I think, uh, that, um, that is a good segue into uh, talking about like what makes the character of Jean-Luc Picard. So yes, interesting yes, yes, yes. and and special. I think he's unique. Um, in, um, that that era of television um that though the show was hardly serialized the character kind of was i mean you compare him to somebody yeah. like uh mm-hmm. like a fox molder or or uh, i think a really dr ER guy <laughs> um, or or even really maybe even
1: dale cooper i mm- I think the closest relative to Jean-Luc Picard on TNG is Jack McCoy on original law and order. Kind of the, um, the Sam Waterston character, Sam Waterston. Yeah. Kind of a, okay. a, a stalwart, uh, uh, philosophical anchor of reason from which the rest of what happens kind of propagates uh he's sort of the core and he's he's good for a speech just about once an episode
2: <laughs> um but uh he's a character with a deep vast backstory um that continues and and um throughout the show
0: he grows he like grows as a character in <laughs> a weird way because it's not serialized. And the only other character I would argue that has something quite like that is probably Worf.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If I could describe Jean-Luc Picard, uh, in a way, because I've been, I've been doing some homework. I've been getting ready. I've been watching some, uh, heavy episodes, episodes like family, episodes like lessons, episodes like tapestry, episodes like, uh, measure of a man. And, uh, hell of co- yeah of course the fucking finale uh, all good things uh, uh and inner light uh is that inner he, light baby he's he's an isolated man he is his work and he's he's living with all of this trauma cartoonish trauma uh because he was that allegorical figure and you kind of had to suspend disbelief that he was an actual human person and no one person can have that much weight on his shoulder uh, of being complicit in killing an entire army of his comrades and living an entire life in a different civilization and watching them die as the civilization died. Uh, uh, it's ridiculous uh, being captured and put into a camp and uh, a shot for shot remake of uh 1984
0: uh, being torched for lights
1: uh- <laughs> being tortured by David Warner, man. That's not a fun time. Mm-mm. not to mention being the conduit for a uh sentient all-powerful race and being the person upon whom the entirety of humanity time immemorial, is judged by the q continuum uh so now we have to think about him the man and we don't see too much of like the personal we only see him make out with like three people which is pretty low I think only Jordy... Yeah,
0: no, it's low by Kirk standards. I think
1: Jordy is the only one with a lower body count than Picard on that show.
0: <laughs> Jordy's an an incel, right?
1: <laughs> I was watching All Good Things, and they slip in this detail. Uh, Picard says, uh, Oh, how's Leah? As in Leah Brahms, yeah. warp specialist at the Daystrom Institute. He, he winds up with her in the end, at least in that timeline.
2: That's, that's a bad timeline. <laughs> <Did> somebody save... <laughs>
0: Jordy also, have you guys noticed this about Jordy, he does shoulder <laughs> pat rubs when he's like, he like, when he goes to greet people, this happens at least once an episode that Jordy's in, he like greets them with a shoulder pat yeah. rub, and it's like, yeah, you know what engineer LaForge, this is a, a naval ship, why don't you like, cool it, you're hey, not an
1: uncle. Hey, that's chief engineer to you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're an uncle. I the only chief engineer I recognize is Miles O'Brien.
1: Uh, he's a transporter chief. I think he's he's like a freaking uh he's like an NCO. He's like some sort of he's, petty officer.
0: I believe he was tra- a chief engineer of the the Deep Space Nine. Deep
1: Space Nine. Oh wow! Oh. Deep
2: Space Nine
1: train. Oh boy. Uh. So. <laughs> woo. So, <laughs> Space Nine rules. Uh, should we? Uh, so I you want think to talk about the trailers. Let's talk about the trailers. Let's talk about the trailers,
2: Frank. First, Frank, yes, Frank, you're the biggest nerd here. Before we even talk by about what, by what metric? By what metric? I ask you by, I mean, I mean, just look at you. But <laughs> <laughs> before we even talk about the trailers, I need you to give us a context of where we last left. Jean-Luc Picard. Because I uh, have only seen the movie First Contact. I have only watched the first season of uh, uh, Deep Space Nine. I've not watched any of Voyager. Uh, so what is the context of where we've last left this character?
0: So there's a little bit of a gap. And I haven't seen Nemesis in forever because I've kind of been refusing to rewatch it because it's so bad. Mm-hmm. Um... But in that movie, his uh, half Romulan clone, Shinzon, uh, instigates a war between the Romulans and their uh, partner brother race, the, the, the Remans. Remans. <laughs> it's, like, it's like come on, guys, Romulus and Remus, the two brothers who found founded Rome. <sighs> guys, like they, do something else. Name them something else. You you just have to. Uh, anyway, the he instigates a race between uh, a war between the Romulans and the Remans. Um, And then... In the event that creates... The timeline of the... J.J. Abrams movies... Which is the destruction of Romulus... Mm -hmm. Creates a wormhole... To another universe that creates... Chris Pine... uh, Because... uh, Eric Bana's character... Is a Romulan from the regular universe... Who goes through the wormhole... As Romulus is destroyed... Into the Chris Pine universe, um, and the destruction of Romulus is where we leave Jean Luc Picard, because Romulus is gone. Uh, by the time that happens in the JJ movies, uh, Picard has apparently become an admiral, um, and this is actually all before the show was released. People, the 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 studio filled in this gap because. This is not going to be information that's present until I believe the first episode, but they filled in this gap beforehand to let people know where the timeline was. So I'm actually going by not information that's ever been presented. This is information that the studio is giving to bridge a couple of gaps from where we left off Nemesis. Um, Romulus is destroyed. Uh, Picard was an admiral. He retires. Uh, and Data crucially sacrifices his life at the end of Nemesis, if you've seen the movie, and the lo- sort of limited consciousness is uploaded to a third data robot called B four, who has the mind of a child. Goo Goo Gaga. Ga. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Tom Beef. I, you I don't know. I, no. The, so Data sacrifices himself for reasons that I forget, and. The real reason was Brent, Brent Spiner said I got fat, <laughs> and there's no reason why a robot should be fat. And I was like, you know what, Brent Spiner? I appreciate your, your candor. Uh, your candor here. Um, and uh, Data's, uh, there was a third Data robot called B4, because the other two were Data and his brother, Lore. Uh, and B4 has a very childlike uh, uh, processor because uh, he was not finished. Uh, as data and lore were, um, so that's where we're at. Data, as Picard knew him, is gone, or is he? Um, and Picard has since retired after the destruction of Romulus and is living his life apparently on a winery on the Picard Winery in France. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, now, now, and if you'll no- if you'll notice in the trailer, he has a lapel stitch uh, that says that he was given the French Legion of Honor.
2: Oh. Oh. Yes. Now the first teaser trailer, which was just shots of the winery with a voiceover saying, "Like uh, you, you led the the greatest uh, uh, armada, and and then you you left. Like why?" Um, there's a prequel comic to the show that I've uh, started reading, and in, is it good? It is good, and in the destruction of uh, Romulan. Um, <laughs> Uh, God damn it! Uh, Admiral Jean Luc Picard. <laughs> Admiral Jean Luc Picard led the um, the uh, refugee armada of the Romulan people uh, to ah. to safety in other parts of the galaxy. So something must have happened there that he would leave Starfleet. But so that we have that context that something we haven't even seen. I'm sure will maybe see it in flashback in the show but probably his greatest achievement as a living person (laughs) takes place between the last time we saw him and this show now i'm kind of curious
1: um how uh deferent the show is going to be to uh tng canon lore because uh, i know in itself i'm talking about the finale all good things uh, now, I know in a, in itself, the three timelines were kind of corrupted by the events that Q set in motion, uh, the uh, the temporal disturbance in the Devron system, uh, but in that, uh, Romulus is no more. Still, there's no more neutral zone. Uh, in that one, it's the Klingons who have taken over uh, the Romulan Empire. I'm not sure that's because the Romulan Empire has uh, been dissolved in the same matter uh, manner that it was dissolved in this timeline Uh, but also Picard finds himself back on uh, Chateau Picard in France uh, working the vines Um, but also and I think I'll be curious and I I hope they don't just throw this out the window because uh, in that there's a a plot line where future Picard has sort of space Alzheimer's, uh, Eremotic Syndrome Mm -hmm. Uh, critically though Uh, You go, oh, well, that's in an altered timeline. Critically, though, uh, uh, when they're investigating his jumps through time, uh, Crusher does a brain scan, a special one, and uh, says, I've detected a malformation in a thing here that is present in perfectly healthy people, but strongly suggests that you're going to develop your syndrome later in life. So I wonder if they're going to pay. And I saw Gates McFadden at the carpet event. I'm not sure if she was in the season at all. Uh, But I wonder if they're going to do anything with that. Kind of to, again, a Logan parallel. Maybe the old noggin is kind of slipping a little as he's called back into space adventures.
2: I, I actually would doubt that. I'm, I'm willing to bet the only nod we get to All Good Things is the, uh, the winery. And, and I think for most people, that'll be enough where they can justify and fit in, in your own mind, the events of All Good Things into, <laughs> you know, this uh, incarnation of the show. Yeah. Um
0: one thing I wanted to mention is in the second trailer, and I guess the full trailer that aired over the summer and I think made all three of us cry, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that we talked about on uh, our old podcast, Plaid Lads. It's still alive. Um,
2: it's, it'll never die.
0: Still alive. Still alive. I'm just saying old. It's not dead. We'll, we'll do Plaid Lads again someday. It's alive uh, in like our hearts. The, <laughs> yeah. Much like Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There are some returning characters from TNG and from some other Star Trek properties that were yes, concur with Yes,
1: Yeah, very interesting. Uh which so, I like. So in the first teaser trailer, uh we find out and there's a there's a Borg connection which obviously Picard Locutus uh is very instrumental. He he A Borg? He made first contact. Uh no, no, of Pittsburgh. Uh Your yeah. life as it has been.
0: Is over.
1: Uh, Why was that Werner Herzog? Uh, He makes first Federation contact with the Borg. Thanks again, Mr. Q. Uh, And uh, 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 we meet uh, uh, another Borg refugee. One seven of nine from Voyager from the Delta Quadrant has made her way back to Earth. And uh, with a glass full of uh, bourbon uh, greets Mr. Picard. Uh, That's the first person we see. We also see Data. Puffy, weird yep, data. Yep, we do could, see data. Mm-hmm. Could be a dream. Could be. Okay,
0: uh, it's. I'm. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. I have some thoughts. But we'll I've, talk about them in a little bit. I have thoughts.
1: Yeah, we'll get back to data. But then in a later trailer, uh, we see. Oh, so good. The, the fantastic bear hug between him and jonathan fricks oh, william yeah. tiberius Riker, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh uh we we also see miriam Sordis, we see or citrus yep. uh or whatever it is uh, uh we see uh Counselor Marina Sordis, <laughs> <Whatever.
2: laughs> miriam citrus
1: <laughs> you damned fool Dom. I was watching some season 1 her fake made up accent is so fucking thick in the first <laughs> episodes I'm so glad it's, she fucking
0: It doesn't it doesn't
1: get better you just get used to yeah. it. No, she tones it back a lot. It was like a she I don't know Eastern what European. She was doing. And then we meet her mom who's just American.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now let just, me oh god Luxana. I've
2: I've grown just like my I've grown to love uh uh uh, w- uh, Will Wheaton. I I grew to love Luxana. What? You wait. No, no. You grew to love Will Wheaton. Not Will Wheaton. I was trying to think of the character. Wesley. Then. Wesley. Uh, shut up, Wesley. The boy. You wait. You grew to love Wesley. I did. It, in its in its complete goofy shittiness, I grew to love him. Uh, uh right. if you have a bat for the ball. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God! That fucking. <laughs>
2: Um, um, so yes, we're, we're, we're getting, um, I, 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 the, the, uh, Riker, Troy thing. I've, I fully believe that's going to just be fan service central and I am all here for no,
0: it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm for it. Just that. like, it seems um, like he's just visiting them.
0: Do we know if, uh, LeVar
1: Burton is, uh, making an appearance?
0: He's, he was confirmed for something. So I, yeah. I don't know if that's behind the scenes or in front of, but he is confirmed. I would imagine they're going to put Jordy in it. Yeah. Um, well, a big one that I've heard nothing about is Michael Dorn. I've heard nothing yeah. about whether Worf
1: is going to be in it or not. And uh, speaking of Will Wheaton, Will, you know, Wesley Crusher at the end of TNG uh, travels with the Traveler uh, into another plane of existence. Uh, he is now God. And so, I wonder if whatever scrape uh, Picard gets himself into, uh, uh, the, the bearded face of, uh, of Will Wheaton will appear in the clouds as a uh, phantom wind blows him out of danger. I don't know. Now, now let, let's speculate for a moment about
2: data. Um, so, in, in one of the trailers, we see him painting, and I think that is obviously um, some sort of dream uh yeah Uh, do you i go ahead no keep going Uh, and we also see his dismembered uh body at one point and we see did you guys see his
1: dick Um, if you if you if you pause it's fully
0: he has one it's fully
2: functional it's fully functional tom if you
1: pause the trailer you can see like in the like pull out light up drawer of all of the data bits you see his little data winner
0: He has one. He uses it to have sex with Tasha Yar in that first, second episode ever of that series. How did that show stay on the air <laughs> that first
2: season? He also almost uses it on uh, sexy queen borg lady from uh, yeah, he does. first Al- Alice from Deadwood. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, she was in season two. That's right. Now yeah. now the the trailers really leaned heavily on Data, which I was surprised at. I have. Do you think he's going to play a major part yes. in the? Yes, I do. Plot? Yes,
1: because the official Star Trek um uh, that's
0: what I was going to say Instagram uh-huh.
1: uh, had been publishing uh a sort of homework list of TNG episodes to catch up on before. Yep, yep, yep. And they highly recommend it. Uh, the episode where they visit the colony where Doctor Sung uh uh uh-huh. built Data and Lore and before before the crystalline entity came and killed everybody. Uh, they they said that was essential watching, so that may play. And and the Borg, who seemed to factor the Borg were the way. other. Uh, um, so Data and the Borg were the two main sort
0: of strands. And yeah. they also recommend Measure of a Man. Mm, a great uh, episode. B- and, but the and crucially, this gives me a hint. They recommend zero
1: Q episodes.
2: Mm-hmm. Which, uh,
1: I, which, uh, they're yeah, trying I mean, to throw you off. I mean, good. Because like I always, the Q connection of that show really it was like fucking sane elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like this whole Uh, thing is just like a little like a little daydream masturbatory ditty of this omniscient uh, space dick. Uh, uh, See, but
2: that's what I love about it. It is, I really do love that because Jean Luc Picard is non problematic. Uh, aspirational Batman. And Q is non-problematic, non-psychotic Joker. It is a little problematic. He gets a lot of people killed. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean it's Jonathan Lancey He's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um now I, but that's going back to my point earlier. That is something that was so of the time and perfect for the show that Q does not translate into JJ-ified pre-apocalyptic sci-fi.
0: Hard disagree. I think Q. So there's a way you can do Q for now that is not the Q that we saw in like 1987 and 94. Mm -hmm. You could sort of tone back certain things about him and keep other things about him that made him very compelling. I think you can make Q fit. You don't have to do like him fucking farting around with a trumpet or dressing like Napoleon or whatever. What there there is a way there is a way to do Q and I think they will, because I think it's a smart decision to include him eventually, because he is the single character, the single sort of villain character most associated with Picard. Yeah. Aside from the Borg. Um so I think it's it's a way to go.
2: Now now um there are many characters a a fucking ragtag group is is put together uh for, They're all young
0: and sexy. Young
2: and sexy. Yeah, there's new people we don't give a shit about. <laughs> now now Yeah, I'm I'm not, not going to learn these characters' names. No, 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 no. But I there I, is some context from the comic books which I'm not even going to bring up because the show will introduce them and give you their backstory. But um we have uh a young girl that it seems to the entire plot centers around, um, who comes to Picard for help, and she's a yes. badass. We see her fighting lots of people, and so we have these two threads of data and artificial intelligence, and we have the thread of the Borg. And we have uh, um, seven of nine. We have uh, Hugh is coming back. One, my mm, Hugh is probably is my back. favorite character from Star Trek. Um, Hugh coming back. So we have these concepts of like, what is it to be a human? We have the concept of uh, Borg, which uh, you know they're bringing in as as like the uh, alt right <laughs> uh, trolls or the groupthink of the internet. <laughs> You know, you know they're going to be doing shit with that.
0: I was going to say like the dangers of AI too.
1: Yeah. So this this girl, what are what are our theories? Is she a uh, cyborg super soldier? Is she in a sort of a killer data uh, Terminator four uh, thousand? Is she uh, is she an escaped Borg uh, like Hugh or Seven? Uh, what what are our our guesses? Uh, I'm going to go with
0: escape Borg, like a more advanced type of Borg that can pass as human mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. kind
0: of a thing. Like maybe the, is there an
1: infiltration type I, I think Borg? She, she might be an 11 type, kind of like an escaped test tube baby from a, a cyborg kind of situation. And, and like handlers or the whatever... <sighs> you know people who made her are trying to snatch her back up or something
2: No, but i mean we I, I forgot about this thread which is also the i there's there's data there are the borg and then we're forgetting about the romulans which are yeah, going to play an enormous part in never the never forget
1: show. the romulans
2: could it could it be that the romulans and the borg somehow are are Teaming up in some sort of way.
1: Now I need that I, would make sense. Yeah, I need to catch up on my Voyager lore. we I think we're all Voyager lightweights. I watched the whole show when it was on when I was like thirteen. Uh, I watched
2: uh, Orange is the New Black, so that's the, <laughs> the most uh,
0: I. Uh, I am familiar with uh, bits and pieces of Voyager. I always hated that fucking Tom Paris character. Man,
1: he's all right. Uh, so voyager dealt very heavily with the borg uh so voyager through a weird warp thing uh somehow find themselves on the complete opposite side of the milky way in the delta quadrant a completely uncharted quadrant where there's a whole different uh space political setup and the borg are have already basically taken over everywhere uh the borg are like the main baddies uh and i seem to recall the finale of the show In a sort of double whammy, they find their way back to the Alpha Quadrant and back to uh, Sector 001, the Turin system. Uh, And in the process, they have developed a new technology that has uh, led to them soundly defeating the Borg who were threatening Earth at the time. So I'm not sure if the Borg have been kind of like put in their place a little bit uh, by this Time in Federation history? Or is Voyager no Voyager is more or less concurrent with TNG, if I'm not mistaken.
0: They're, they're all, I believe, concurrent. Um because there is Is there not an episode of Voyager with um Barclay? Maria Sirtis?
1: with Barclay yeah. and Counselor Troy? Oh, Reginald yeah. Barclay. Our favorite favorite special he better, boy. He better fucking come back. Well he's he apparently
2: uh, uh like a right wing uh <laughs> Uh like commentator now? Yeah. The actor?
1: Yeah. Oh apparently. Wow. Well that fucking bitch is afraid of transporters, so I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. It's such
2: a great episode.
0: Yeah. God. yeah. Although you know what? It fits, doesn't it? And yeah, he yeah. should just
1: go fucking write his angry incel uh, erotic friend fiction for the holodeck. Fucking
0: perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck guy Fuck you, Barclay. <laughs>
1: Alright, so no, he doesn't come back. <laughs> I hope you catch Terengue fever or whatever the fuck it was you were afraid of.
2: No, no. Um, no.
0: What, so one more thing that I hope happens. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen this season, and we're running out of time to do it because people from the show are already have already two people from the show have died in the last year. Uh, I would like it doesn't have to be a big thing. I would like something with Captain Cisco. Yes. Because there is a g- legitimate connection between Sisko and Picard. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Picard was uh, Locutus of Borg during the Battle of Wolf 359, he commanded the Borg
1: forces that killed Captain Sisko's beloved wife. Yes. Not only that, and- but uh, 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 Captain Sisko was instrumental in the Dominion War, which was the only time that the Romulans and the Federation were in allegiance against the uh oh, the, the Dominion. Dominion. <laughs> they they're called they're the just they're the Dominion, that's what they're called. <laughs> anyway, so so we've got two really and not to mention the Wharf connection. So we've in the O'Brien connection. So we've got some uh, we've got some some threads between Mr. Cisco and uh Admiral Ackbar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But yeah, I, that's a, that's one thing I want to see. Um
1: so I'm uh I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm very excited. My only regret is that uh Laura Dern signed on with uh Star Wars uh because I think she would have been a great person. Her character's fucking character her character's made. fucking dead. In Star Wars. I, she, yeah, I know, but like isn't there some sort of thing and like you have to like, you know, Jonathan Frakes can't fly an X Wing or something?
0: <laughs> no, I think that's a they can cross the streams there.
1: <laughs> All the Frankenste <laughs> I mean the
0: rises the the rise of skywalker was so bad that i think star wars is poison right now for a lot of people so everybody's jumping ship after that movie because it sucked a dog's ass emergency <laughs> transport
2: that, that's the thing about about star wars versus uh, star trek star trek when i finally joined the ranks of the star trek fandom it's so
1: much more fucking chill guys <laughs> Yeah. It's so much more fucking chill. I'm okay. So one last one last like serious thing. And I think we should wrap because we're getting a little long here. Uh is uh yeah, uh is uh, uh um I'm very curious. Now, Mr. Picard, he was pretty good with a phaser when he needed to be, but he was a pacifist and a non-violent man. He wouldn't he wouldn't take life unless it was absolutely necessary. And it kind of looks like the show's been a little JJ Abrams and yeah, we don't, the trailers, know, we don't know yet. All the trailers have a lot of uh, and kind of shit going on. So, and I'm wondering if Picard's yeah. going to be like, uh, like, uh, uh, play that order. I have not come to space to to be an aggressive fool. Frasier, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Greetings from this time warp. Thank you, kind uh, sir. He-
0: hello. S- hello, sexy uh, new crewmates. I'm very old, so <laughs> you're not... You shoot for me. I'll just kind of hang back. I'm Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Really? Because that
1: was uh,
2: <laughs> the combination of Wallace Shawn and a hermit crab. That was... <laughs> Okay, I think we are. We said what we came here to say. Um, expect um, uh, Star Trek uh, Picard episodes are releasing on Thursdays. Um, expect
1: our episodes to come out on uh, the following Monday, or as Picard would say, lundi. He would not say that because he's French, apparently. <laughs>
0: Or as, or as Picard would say, ha ha, age Oh, no. <laughs>
2: um, follow <laughs> us on, um, on social media. We're on Instagram plaid lads pod. Uh, you can email us, uh, with any, uh, questions, comments. If you have them, uh, and you send them in, we will read them. Um, that's plaid lads pod at gmail.com. all right guys
0: this has been this has been ha
1: in game.